Hi everyone, I'm Chloe and welcome back to another episode of What's Up WWE Universe, the podcast where we recap pay-per-views, Raw, NXT, and SmackDown and talk about news, rumors, wrestlers, matches, and everything going on in the WWE Universe. Before we get started, make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Tell everyone you know so that we can keep our audience growing and spreading. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check out our Facebook page at What's Up WWE Universe Pod. And before we get into anything, I just want to let y'all know that it has officially been over a year since our very first episode. Like, that is insane. Like, I can't believe we've been doing this for a year now. Um, I've come so far, I guess you could say that sounds kind of cheesy. Um, of course, I'm still learning everything about, you know, the podcast world, but I think that I've done all right, hopefully. Um, but yeah, thank y'all, all of y'all that have listened this past year and just listened to me grow throughout the year and just thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support this year. Now, let's go ahead and jump right into this episode and recap this past week's episode of Monday Night Raw. So on this past week's episode of Monday Night Raw, and I almost forgot before we get into this, so on if you're listening on Spotify on the voting poll, I put the top five most listened to episodes of this past year, and I'm going to ask which one was your favorite. So whichever one is on there that was your favorite, drop a vote if you're listening on Spotify. But on this past week's episode of Monday Night Raw, we started out the night and with Bobby Lashley and MVP coming out, and they said that they felt disrespected that Bobby wasn't in talks for the WWE Championship match at day one, and they wanted Bobby to be added to that match. And then Kevin Owens interrupted and said that he never disrespected Bobby, but that Bobby just hasn't earned his way into the match. And then Seth Rollins interrupted, and he said that, you know, he hates Kevin Owens, but he actually agrees with Kevin. And so Bobby told them to get in the ring and do something about it. And they agreed to do that. But they argued about who would get in the ring first after Bobby. And Biggie interrupted and reminded Bobby that he beat him multiple times. He cashed in on him to become the WWE champion. And he's also beat him other times as well. Um, and he said that he didn't have a problem beating him again at day one. And so Adam Pearce and Sony Deville came out and said that if Bobby could defeat Big E, Kevin, and Seth all in the same night in one-on-one action, then he could be added to the WWE Championship match at day one. And MVP accepted that challenge for Bobby, so he's very passionate about getting into that match. And then Riddle, we saw him go up to Randy Orton and... The finals of the RK Bro moment were delayed a week, but that's all right. Riddle said that he's been quote unquote watching tapes, but Randy keeps telling him to focus on the titles. And Riddle even proposed being podcasters with Randy. I mean, hey, I've been doing this for the past year. It's pretty fun. So, not a bad idea, Riddle. But Randy told Riddle to focus on his match with Otis. And if he beat Otis, then maybe he could wear that blazer again at the RK Brunament Finals. And before we got to see Riddle take on Otis, we saw Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins were upset about having to face Bobby Lashley. But no matter what happened, Biggie planned on walking out of day one still the WWE champion. And then we saw Riddle versus Otis. And the winner of this match was Otis. He slammed Riddle and pinned him. And then after the match, Randy Orton tried to RKO Otis. But then he actually ended up RKOing Chad Gable, but was flattened out by Otis. So even though they're not in the finals for the RK Bronament, it looks like... RK Bro might have some business with the Alpha Academy right now. And then we saw 
Before her match with Dewdrop, Bianca Belair said that she would not let Dewdrop walk away from the fact that she can't beat her. And then before that match, we also saw Dewdrop said that she was ready to steal Bianca Belair's spotlight. And so we got to see that match. And it was Bianca who was able to put away Dewdrop. But after the match, Dewdrop blindsided Bianca Belair. So it doesn't look like these ladies are quite finished just yet. And then we saw Kevin Owens said that St. Paul and the situation with Bobby Lashley were both trash. And let's say St. Paul did not take very kindly to that. Um, but he said that he planned to beat Bobby Lashley and become the WWE champion at day one. And so we got to see Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley. And the winner of this, well, actually before this match, we saw Bobby Lashley and MVP showed some respect to Gable Steveson, who was in the crowd before the match. Um, he's, you know, one of the draftees to Monday Night Raw. So we'll have to see whenever it's time for him to come on. I'm very interested to see how he does. And during this match, we saw Seth Rollins who was watching the match backstage. And at the end of this match, Bobby Lashley started to put the hurt lock onto Kevin Owens, which he quickly tapped out of. And Seth Rollins was very angry about that. But then Sonya Deville informed him that she, well, that he was up next to face Bobby. So he was not very happy about that. And then we saw, once again, Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. Um, come on, like I mentioned, this is getting a little old. Let's just come, go ahead and just have him please come if he's going to come. Um, but it was a different clip than the ones that we've been seeing. So hopefully that is a good sign. Fingers crossed. And then we saw Becky Lynch celebrated her victory over Liv Morgan and said that Liv disappointed her fans and even laughed at angry Liv girl and Liv interrupted and said that Becky is the only one that's downing her and that's why she had to cheat to win and Liv knows that she can beat Becky um and of course another thing went viral during this altercation we now have angry Becky girl there was a very big Becky Lynch fan. She had like a Becky Lynch shirt on. She had like a Becky Lynch plush. And she was like screaming, like when, you know, Liv is taking charges against Becky. She's just like, no, Becky rules. And I think Liv gave her a look just like, oh, come on, girl. So let's see. We They've already said we should have L angry Liv girl and angry Becky girl face off. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> um, But Liv challenged Becky to a rematch at day one and then Becky told Liv that she should blame herself for not doing anything about her cheating last week and so Becky and Liv brawled and Becky attacked Liv's hand and arm on the steel steps um she was like mashing them in between the steel steps in the ring and then after that Becky taunted Liv and accepted Liv's challenge um, and they said that, you know, as a storyline injury, Liv had a deep bone bruise and a strange radial collateral ligament in her left arm. Um, so hopefully, you know, storyline-wise, Liv can get back for that match at day one because I would love to see that live. I would love to see, you know, Liv become the Raw Women's Champ. I think that'd be absolutely awesome. So, yeah, let's hope that Liv gets better in time. And then after what happened last week, AJ Styles said that he is not ready to give up on Omos and wanted to see him succeed. And Omos came over and he agreed to that. And then we saw Dana Brooke and Reggie were going for a walk outside. And Dana thanked Reggie for what he did for her last week. And Reggie offered to give her some advice about being the 24-7 champion over some coffee and hot cocoa. And she agreed. But then they caught R-Truth and Akira Tozawa in disguise. And Reggie blocked them from getting to Dana. And she tried to escape. 
And then Tamina tried to catch Dana to become the 24-7 champ. But Dana was able to fight her off and she and Reggie quickly escaped. And then Tamina blamed R-Truth and Akira for what happened. But then they, of course, did their you, you, you thing. So they were blaming each other for Tamina's misfortune. Um, and then we saw Finn Balor and Damian Priest go up against the Dirty Dogs. And during this match, Austin Theory, who has been having some issues with Finn Balor as of late, it seems like, distracted Finn Balor during the match, which costed him the match. So the Dirty Dogs did win this match. And he got a selfie with Finn after the match before being chased off by Damian Priest. So I don't know, you know. Um, Austin's been trying to impress Vince McMahon as of late, so we'll have to see what's going on with this situation. And then we saw Rhea Ripley was getting ready for her match against Queen Zelina, and Nikki A.S.H. wanted her to make Queen Zelina pay unlike her, was what she said. Um, Nikki has not been having her normal, usual, big high confidence as of late and so Rhea wanted Nikki to believe in herself a lot more than she has been as of late and they looked forward to at some point getting back the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships but before we saw that match Carmella gave Queen Zelina her own announcement and entrance and Queen Zelina's theme music got a little revamped um you know it sounds a little more royal and she praised Carmella, and she got mad when the crowd booed her and said that she feels sorry for Rhea Ripley because she has to drag around Nikki. And, of course, she even dissed Minnesota, which the crowd did not take very kindly to. And so we saw Rhea Ripley take on Queen Zelina. And during this match, Nikki A.S.H. chased Carmella into the ring before Carmella kicked her out, which caused a distraction for Rhea, and so Queen Zelina rolled up Rhea to get the victory. So, does not look very good for super brutality right now. And then we saw Kevin Owens offered to accompany Seth Rollins for his match against Bobby Lashley, but he refused to that, but Kevin said that Seth was making a mistake, and so we saw Bobby Lashley versus... Seth Rollins, and during this match, we saw Biggie was taking notes while watching backstage. And during this match, Kevin Owens attacked Seth Rollins, which led to a disqualification victory for Seth. So, of course, at first they thought that you know, um, they were fine, it was just gonna stay a triple threat at day one. But then Adam Pearson, Sonya Deville restarted the match and made it a no disqualifications match. Um, so smart move, guys, but it didn't quite work out. Um, and it was a quick victory, um, a quick spear for Bobby Lashley, which let him win that match. Um, and then we saw Austin Theory interrupted Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz's meeting with Vince McMahon. So it looks like maybe something big for Apollo and Commander Aziz soon, maybe. Um, but Austin showed Vince McMahon his selfie with Finn Balor, but Vince still isn't impressed and used a pencils eraser to show him what might happen to him if he doesn't at some point impress him. Like, is he going to get fired? I mean, we've seen a ton of that this year, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with Austin. And then we saw Maurice hosted Miz TV with The Miz, who endorsed himself into the 2022 Hall of Fame. He had his own video and everything, and he wanted to permanently retire Edge after day one, but then Edge interrupted and told The Miz how annoying he is and told him to just shut up and said that he's just insecure and afraid, even though The Miz says he's not afraid, and Edge said that he would teach The Miz a lesson at day one, and Edge and The Miz brawled, and during a part of this brawl, though, The Miz tried to use Maurice as a shield before he gave Edge the school-crushing finale, and Miz and Maurice argued about what happened, and Maurice slapped The Miz and walked out on him, 
So it looks like some trouble between Miz and Maurice. Ugh, doesn't look too good. Um, but then we saw Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins hyped Big E before his match against Bobby Lashley. And Big E told them to stay far away from the match. Like, Kevin Owens said he made a PowerPoint, but all it was was just a little text. But, yeah, Big E did not want anything to do with them. And then we saw MVP said that Bobby Lashley would beat Big E in their match. And then he said that he would win back the WWE Championship at day one. And so we saw Bobby Lashley versus Big E in a no disqualifications match. And they really brought their A game when it came to that part of the match because Bobby Lashley threw Big E through a table during the match, and Biggie threw Bobby Lashley onto the steel steps. And during this match, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins came out, and they attacked Bobby Lashley during the match. And Biggie tried to fight them off, but they fought back. And so then they were fighting both Biggie and Bobby. But then Biggie threw Kevin through a table, and Bobby speared Seth into a table. So momentary teamwork from the two, but MVP hit Biggie in the knee with his cane, which costed him the match, and Bobby was able to win the match. So now at day one, we will be seeing a fatal four-way for the WWE Championship. That is going to be such a crazy match. I'm really excited to see that match. I just think that's going to be such a crazy, cool match, and I'm just very excited to see it. So that is it for the Raw recap. Now let's recap this past week's episode of NXT 2.0. So on this past week's episode of NXT 2.0, we started out the night. Grayson Waller was going, entering the CWC, and the NXT universe was there, and they were very unwelcoming. They were giving him the you suck chance. They were very unhappy about what Grayson Waller did to Johnny Gargano last week, and he didn't seem to care. And then we saw Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes in a no-holds-barred match. And before this match even began, Duke Hudson entered with his wig. He fought the whole match with his wig. There were a lot of crazy moments in this match. Cameron Grimes used a trash can on Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson threw Cameron Grimes onto an open steel chair. Um, Duke Hudson brought in a poker table during the match, which he threw Cameron Grimes through. And then he almost shaved Cameron during the match, but Cameron was able to fight back and stop him. And it was Cameron Grimes who was able to win the match. And after the match, Cameron Grimes took off Duke's wig and revealed his bald head. So, yep, no more hiding for you, Duke Hudson. And then we saw Cora Jade was excited that she's finally medically cleared ahead of her match with Dakota Kai. But then Dakota came over and quote-unquote warned Cora about Raquel Gonzalez. And Cora was like, oh yeah, thanks mom, but I don't need your advice. And I'm looking forward to coming closer to face Mandy for the championship. And Dakota was like, mom, are you serious? And then we saw Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen went to a country music concert with Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, and it seemed like they had a pretty good time. Like, Casey and Caden were showing them the proper ways to dance to the music, and it looked like they had a nice time. So, and then we saw Grayson Waller came out. He trashed Johnny Gargano, and, you know, when Johnny last week said, you never fail if you bet on yourself, he claimed that he bet on himself last week with his attack on Johnny. And he said that, you know, after all the hate he got from last week, he said that he couldn't care less about what people think of him. He even trashed Wade Barrett and Vic Joseph and says that he only needs himself to get to the top. So, doesn't look like um, Grayson Waller cares too much about what everyone's saying about him. He just needs to get to the top. And then we saw Malcolm Bivens could not wait for Roderick Strong to beat Braun Breaker. 
And then Ivy Nile couldn't wait to crack some skulls. And then we saw Lashing Out with Lash Legend. And this week, she had Jacket Time, or she likes to say Kushida and Ikimanjiro, you are my heroes. And Lash, of course, complimented their very stylish style. Um, who couldn't love Jacket Time style? And then Jacket Time warned the grizzled young veterans not to underestimate them ahead of their match. I mean, of course, I love Lash's song the most, though. I mean, we're all holding out for uh, Jiro. Uh-huh. And then we saw Amari Miller, who we haven't seen in a little bit, so it's nice to see some of the newer girls um, getting some more attention go up against Ivy Nile, and it was... Ivy Nile, who put in the Dragon Sleeper to force Amari, Mil Amari Miller to tap out. So she did win that match. And then Zion Quinn, after what happened with Electra Lopez putting on the brass knuckles on him last week, he said that he knows the games that she's playing, so game on. And then after he walked away, Robert Stone said that he was tired of the disrespect from everyone. And then Von Wagner went over and said that he planned to smash bodies in NXT 2.0. He said that last week was only the beginning with Kyle O'Reilly, so we'll have to see what's next for Von Wagner. I don't know. Maybe Robert Stone will be looking to sign him to the Robert Stone brand. And then we saw Joe Gacy ahead of Harlan's in-ring debut. He told him not to be afraid of who he is, but before we saw that match, we saw MSK... Once again, meeting with the shaman, Riddle, and Riddle discovered the contents of their bag. He found a lot of random stuff, including a baseball bat, a traffic cone, and even a John Cena replica championship belt. They were playing basic thugonomics in the background, too. Um, and then Riddle tells, told them to declutter their minds and dig deep. And so they all literally digged deep dug deep in the bag, and they all found scooters, one of Riddle's favorite things in the world. So they are, you know, under the influence, and they are trying to get, with Riddle's influence, they're trying to get back the NXT Tag Team Championships. And then we saw Harlan versus Guru Raj, and it was um Harlan, very big debut for him. He was able to pull off the win. And then after the match, Joe Gacy asked him, he was like, do you feel better? And Harlan shook his head no, and he continued to attack Guru Raj as Joe Gacy watched on smiling. And then we saw LA Knight arriving, and he told Grayson Waller to come find him. So it doesn't look like things are over between these two just yet. And then we saw some officials um, leading Harlan away from the ring. Um, they were backstage, and Harlan threw WWE official Brian Kendrick down the stairs backstage as Joe Gacy watched on smiling. And then we saw Cora Jade versus Dakota Kai, and the NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose actually was on commentary for this match. And during this match, we actually saw Dakota Kai tried to use the shovel on Cora during the match, but the ref stopped her, and that led to Cora Jade rolling up Dakota and winning the match. But then after the match, Dakota Kai attacked Cora and tried to use the shovel on her, but Raquel Gonzalez came out and fought her off and chased her away. And then Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane came out and that caused a distraction for Cora because Mandy Rose attacked her and went after her shoulder and her shoulder was re-injured. So does not look too good for Cora Jade right now. And then we saw Grayson Waller backstage and Tiffany Stratton, who we've been seeing promos for for the past couple of weeks. We can't see her face just yet, but she passed him and said that her daddy said that he's a horrible person. And then we saw Io Shirai was very angry, and she confronted Grayson in Japanese. And after she walked away, he was just like, I think she likes me. And then we saw Raquel Gonzalez and Nakota Kai were being separated in the parking lot of the CWC. Um, there were, like, a bunch of weapons between them, like kendo sticks and chairs. So who knows what went down before we got to see that. 
but yeah, it's not very good um, blood between these two. And then we saw Tony D'Angelo versus Andre Chase, and Tony D'Angelo even brought out Pete Dunne's mouthpiece for the match. He had it in a cage, all fancy, but it was Tony D'Angelo who was the winner of this match. Um, and after the match, he said that he backed up everything he said that he was going to do. And then Pete Dunne interrupted and tried to go after Tony in the ring. But Tony stopped him and challenged him to a match next week. And he even tried to sneak attack Pete. But Pete was able to catch him and he snapped his fingers, the joint manipulation like he always does. And he broke the case and took back his mouthpiece. So doesn't look like it's over between these two just yet. And then we saw Braun Breaker was getting ready for his match backstage in the locker room. And Grayson Waller entered. He was like, hey, War Games teammate, what's up? But then Braun was like, dude, stop. You're not welcome in this locker room anymore. You need to get your things and you need to leave. And Grayson was like, okay. And so he started, you know, taking up his things. And he was like, real superstars have their own locker room anyways. So, Grayson Waller looks like he's gotten a little too big for his britches. And then we saw Brian Kendrick in WWE Medical, and they did say that he had to be transported to a hospital to be looked at for further notice. And then we saw Boa go up against Idris Enofe. I really hope I'm saying that right. One of the newest recruits. Um, and Solo Sokoa, who has also been involved in this affair, was seen watching this match backstage. And at the end of this match, it was Boa who won with a roundhouse kick to the head to Idris Enofe, and he won the match. And then we saw Raquel Gonzalez. She said that she needed to end Dakota Kai the same way their friendship started was in a street fight. So we will be getting to see that match soon. And then we saw Grayson Waller left with Tiffany Stratton in a car. Of course, we couldn't see Tiffany's face, but we did see the dress that she was wearing earlier. And then as they were driving off, we saw LA Knight was on the ground of the parking lot, and he also had to be looked at for his injuries. Um, and so we saw Jacket Time take on the Grizzled Young Veterans, and during this match, the Creed Brothers came out, and they almost attacked the Grizzled Young Veterans, but that did not happen. But it was Jacket Time who was able to come off with the win, so congrats to Kushida and Aki Manjiro. You are my heroes. And then we saw Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, quote-unquote, wished Roderick Strong good luck. But Balka Bivin said that in the Diamond Mine, they don't believe in luck. And then after they walked off, Trick found a picture that Dexter Loomis drew of Trick and Dexter. It was like Trick versus Dexter. So it looks like we'll hopefully be getting to see that match soon. And then we saw Roderick Strong take on... Braun Breaker, and then we saw, actually, during this match, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams were watching this match in the CWC, and it was actually Braun Breaker who was able to win this match with a Gorilla Press Power Slam, but then after the match, Tommaso Ciampa attacked Braun Breaker, so it does not look he um even put a Willow's Bell onto the actual title, so it doesn't look like things are finished up between Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa just yet. Braun last week said he wanted to face him again for the title, um, but Roderick Strong challenged him, so it looks like Braun Breaker is about to shift all of his focus back onto Tommaso Ciampa, so we'll have to see when that is, maybe at New Year's Evil. That'd be awesome. But anyways, that is all for the NXT 2.0 recap. Now, let's recap this past week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. So, on this past week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown, we first saw Paul Heyman was outside awaiting Roman Reigns' arrival. 
Um, he had the Universal Championship belt, and they said that he'd been standing there all day waiting for Roman's rival. And then we saw Tony Storm and Sasha Banks versus Shotzi and Charlotte Flair. Um, in my opinion, this match was pretty darn awesome, so I would love to see more matches like this with more ladies like these. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of this match... It was Tony Storm who was able to actually get the pinfall over Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion, and win for her team. And next week, we will be seeing Tony Storm take on Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So I am very happy that Tony is finally getting this opportunity. And then we saw. The Usos came over to the New Day, you know, everyone in the SmackDown locker room was um, around um, King Woods and Sir Kofi Kingston. They're all like, hail, King Woods. But the Usos came over and mocked the New Day, but the New Day vowed to beat them in their match on that night and also for the championships at day one. But the Usos vowed to do the same, so I guess it was all about who you know, went out and wanted it more. And then after what happened last week, Natalia called Xia Li a nobody and said that if she ever steps up to her again, then she is going to need a protector of her own. So I think that Natalia versus Xia Li would be an awesome showdown and just a great way to give these ladies some more TV time. And then we saw... The Viking Raiders versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky. And it was the Viking Raiders who were able to get the win in this match. So it's really nice to see these two get some more opportunities because I just feel like they're very underused and overlooked. And I'm glad that they are getting these opportunities. And then we saw Paul Heyman. He thought that Roman Reigns was arriving but it was Brock Lesnar who was arriving, much to Paul's dismay and confusion. So, we'll have to see, you know, it was quite the wild night for Paul Heyman. We're going to get into that a little later. And then we saw Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss hosted Happy Talk. And they took Adam Pierce's desk with Drew McIntyre's sword Angela in it. And they list all the uses they could use with the sword and Mad Cat Moss, of course, made some jokes about it, and Drew McIntyre, and then Happy Corbin wanted Mad Cat Moss to have the sword, and so Mad Cat Moss is trying to get it out, and he's struggling, and at first, Happy Corbin thought he was doing an impression of Adam Pierce, but he's like, no, dude, I seriously can't get the sword out, and they were struggling to get it out, and so Drew McIntyre came out, and he mocked them, and fought them off, and he took back his sword, he was... He didn't have to struggle, he just pulled it out, and he almost used it on Happy Corbin, but he he was able to get away from that. And then we saw Ridge Holland versus Cesaro, and before this match even began, Ridge Holland hit Cesaro in the ribs with a club, and so it wasn't, like, you know, it was, like, little. how do I say this, it wasn't even, like, 100% positive that this match was even going to happen, but this match did happen, but it was Ridge Holland who was able to overcome Cesaro with a power slam, and he even cheap shot Cesaro again after the match. So, you know, I would love to see, you know, I feel like Cesaro has been watered down. He's had such a great year, but I feel like he's being a little watered down. So I would just, you know, love to see Cesaro get in, you know, more of the spotlight again. Um, So... Yeah, we'll have to see where this goes. And then we saw Drew McIntyre looked for Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss backstage while wearing one of Happy Corbin's hats. He was like, come on, I want to hear one of your funny jokes. Where are you? And then we saw Naomi came out <clears throat> and said that for Christmas, she just wants to face Sonya Deville one-on-one. -on -one, and she told Sonya to come out and face her, which she did but she gave Naomi another opponent who's quote-unquote far superior than her, Shayna Baszler. But Naomi still wanted to face Sonya, and Sonya said that she'll still face her. And she began to take off her jacket 
but that distraction led to Shayna attacking Naomi from behind. She really went after her leg, but during this match that set up, it was Naomi who was able to roll her up and got the win, much to Sonya's dismay. So, um, looks like maybe, hopefully soon, we'll be actually get to see Sonya and Naomi in a one-on-one -on -one match at day one. I mean, I would love to see that in person, of course, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. And then we saw Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss hid in the dark from Drew McIntyre, and Happy Corbin said that Madcap would face Drew one-on-one -on -one at day one, much to Madcap's dismay. He was like, yeah, Drew's gonna lose at day one when he goes against Madcap Moss. And he did not look too happy about that. So we'll have to see what happens with that. If we're gonna see that match. If I don't know. We'll have to see. And then we saw the New Day versus the Usos. And the winners of this match were the New Day. So I'm sure their confidence is at an all-time high. Of course, ahead of day one. As it should be, of course. And then we saw Roman Reigns finally arrived. Um, and he told Paul Heyman to go with him to his ring. Um, he didn't even, you know, Paul Heyman opened the car door, but Roman went out the other car door. So it didn't look like things were too good there. And when they got out to the, rain, the ring, Roman Reigns questioned if he can trust Paul Heyman. And if he knew Brock Lesnar was going to return at SummerSlam. And if his suspension was going to be lifted, if he knew that. And he asked if he's a special counsel or an advocate, and he asks why he's protecting Brock from him, and Paul says that he's not protecting Brock from Roman, he's protecting Roman from Brock, and let's just say that was not the right thing to say, but Roman hugged Paul, and he was like, I love you, thank you for serving my family for all these years, and you're fired. And then he Superman punched Paul Heyman down and almost smashed his head between two steel chairs. But then Brock interrupted. He took out the Usos with F5s. But then Roman was briefly able to get the upper hand and use the steel chair on Brock. But Brock was able to fight out and he F5'd Roman twice. So the stakes are extremely high in the bloodline. Extremely high at day one. And this is just going to be one heck of running, one heck of a fight, and I just cannot wait to see it. I have a feeling something crazy is going to happen. I might pass out in the crowd. Um, I don't know, but we'll definitely try and get my reaction to that match and all the other matches as well. So after day one, look on the Facebook page, and we'll see if we have anything cool on there. But anyways, that is it for the SmackDown recap and the recaps of this episode. Now, let's talk about some news. Kevin Owens has re-signed with WWE. So, before we get into some news, there is something I forgot to mention on the SmackDown recap. There was one part where Sami Zayn, quote-unquote, wished Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville a happy holidays, but he said that he was wondering when he would get another championship shot after what went down with Roman Reigns and the Universal Championship and Brock Lesnar. And Adam and Sonya set up a 12 Days of Christmas 12-man gauntlet match for an Intercontinental Championship opportunity. They're like, come on, you love the Intercontinental Championship. So next week on the Christmas Eve episode of Friday Night Smackdown, we will get to see that 12-man, 12, 12 Days of Christmas gauntlet match. And I'm glad they're using the Intercontinental Championship more because I think I mentioned just last week that I wish they'd do more with the Intercontinental Championship and Shinsuke Nakamura, but looks like they'll finally be using them more, which is awesome. But let's get into some news. Kevin Owens has re-signed with the WWE. Um, his contract um, a while ago was, you know, set to expire, like, in January of 2022. Um, and there were a lot of... Um, there was a lot of speculation that he would get released. He would um, 
walk let his contract expire and join AEW, but that is not the case. He re-signed with WWE. Um so this is definitely a win for WWE. I feel like if he had joined AEW, um AEW would have gotten, you know, way bigger, um, a lot more, you know, audiences coming to see Kevin Owens. But no, this is definitely a win for WWE, a much-needed boost, and WWE is going to be able to keep one of its top stars. And I don't know, maybe he will win the WWE Championship at day one, maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. But yes, Kevin Owens has re-signed with WWE. Now, let's talk about a rumor. Has Sami Zayn re-signed with WWE? So, another wrestler who is rumored to have re-signed with WWE is Sami Zayn. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter says that while it hasn't been confirmed with company officials, word backstage is that Sami Zayn has already re-signed with WWE. Word was that his contract was also going to run out soon, and it was unclear if he was going to re-sign with WWE or let his contract expire and he'd be a free agent um, and go with another company. Um, but, you know, this is also a big win for WWE because, of course, both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are two of the top stars in WWE. They're some of the best that WWE currently has right now. And so I think that, you know, this is a big win for them. And <clears throat> hopefully this will help them, you know, to get on track. And, you know, whatever happens in the um, 12 days of Christmas 12-man gauntlet match, we'll have to see maybe Sami Zayn can get back in the Intercontinental Championship picture. But yeah, we'll just have to see what is next for Sami Zayn and maybe in the future find out if he really has re-signed with WWE or if that is just a rumor. Now, let's talk about a wrestler. She is the current 24-7 champion, Dana Brooke. <laughs> So right now, the current and probably pretty darn unexpected 24-7 champion is Miss Dana Brooke. She has been with WWE. She signed um, back in 2013, and during her time in NXT, she aligned herself with Emma, now known as Tennille Dashwood, in Impact Wrestling, um, and they feuded with Asuka was their um, most notable feud, and they continued their alliance on Raw, but then after Emma suffered a back injury at a live event, that alliance inter was um, abruptly ended, and then she began an alliance with Charlotte Flair, who was like her, her mentor, and um, so they went around, and she was the mentor um, well, Charlotte was the mentor of Dana Brooke, and then in 2017, she finally turned babyface and turned on Charlotte, who had been, you know, abusing her emotionally, basically, and then towards the end of 2017, she aligned herself with Titus Worldwide, with Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil, and then she also competed at the 2018 Royal Rumble. She eliminated Kyrie Sane, but then she got eliminated by Tori Wilson. So she lasted a little over three minutes. And then she made her WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania 34, where she competed in the inaugural WrestleMania's um, Women's Battle Royale and was eliminated by Mandy Rose. And Naomi was the eventual winner of that Battle Royale. But then in a tag team match when she was teaming with Ember Moon to take on Bailey and Sasha Banks. Um, she and Ember lost when a distraction from Titus World Oh, after a distraction from Titus Worldwide 
cause them to lose. And so she stopped um, aligning herself with Titus Worldwide. And then at WrestleMania 35, um, let's see. Well, she also competed in the 2019 Royal Rumble. Um, she lasted about seven minutes, but she was eliminated by um, Rhea Ripley. And then a couple months afterwards, she confronted the, at the time, Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey for disrespecting wrestling. And she challenged her to a title match. Um, and then she got attacked by Ronda. And she lost to Ronda in a few seconds the next week. Um, and then at WrestleMania 35, she competed in the second WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. And she did score two elations, but she was eliminated by Sonya Deville. And the eventual winner of that Battle Royale was Carmella. And then she was in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match that same year, which she did not win. It was Bailey who won that match. And then in late 2019, she was drafted over to SmackDown. She was a part of the Survivor Series women's team. Um, that was the year Team NXT won. And then she started teaming with Lacey Evans back when Lacey was feuding with Bailey and Sasha Banks. And I still think that that was probably some of her best TV time. I thought that was a fantastic feud. Um, I was very, very into that feud for sure two years ago. Um, but then, like in early 2020, she started teaming up with Carmella, and she was scheduled to be in the SmackDown Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 36, but because of COVID protocols, that did not happen. But then she um, qualified for the 2020 Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, and there were a lot of funny moments with her. Like, there was one part where she um, retrieved a briefcase in, like, the conference room, and she thought she won, but then in another, she slipped on a wet floor and hit her head. And before the Money in the Bank ladder match, she, um, or maybe it wasn't before, but anyways, around that time, she did start tag-teaming with Carmella. They even faced um, the, at the time, champs Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the championship but they were unsuccessful. And then that year, she also um, beat Naomi multiple times, which was a big confidence um, booster for her. And then she was traded back to Raw um, later that year, where she formed a tag team with Mandy Rose, which I thought was a really good tag team. Um, they tr even challenged Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler at the time, who were the champions for the championships, but they were unsuccessful, and then they were supposed to be in the Survivor Series 2020 match, um, but they got removed because Mandy Rose, like, actually injured her shoulder, and to remove Dana from the event, there was an angle where Dana Brooke was attacked by Reckoning, a.k.a. Mia Yim, but then she defeated Reckoning in some singles competition, and then throughout the end of 2020, um, and at the beginning of 2021, she and Mandy Rose continued their tag team. They started to feud with the at-the-time champs, Natalia and Tamina, but then Mandy Rose was traded down to NXT, so that ended it, and then Dana wasn't really doing anything much for that. She competed in the Queen's Crown Tournament, but she lost to Shayna Baszler in the first round, but then... About a month ago, she pinned Cedric Alexander to become the 24-7 champion, which is her first title in WWE, and, you know, she's been defending. It seems Tamina is her top challenger right now, so we'll have to see what's next for the new 24-7 champion, Dana Brooke. Now, let's talk about an upcoming match, Edge versus The Miz at Day 1. So at day one, one of the matches that we will be seeing is Edge versus The Miz. This is going to be a very big match because this is the first match that these two have actually wrestled in in a while. Um, the Miz hasn't wrestled since 
a little after SummerSlam before he went off to do Dancing with the Stars. And then Edge hasn't wrestled since the Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins at Crown Jewel. So this is both, this for both of them, this is a very big match. And I'm very excited to see this, especially live, of course. Um, but yeah, I expect this match to be nothing but insane, awesome, of course. And so, yeah, I think that this match is going to be awesome, and I can't wait to see what these two men do in this match. Now, let's talk about our predictions for this match. So before we get into our predictions, if y'all heard laughing during that last segment, my um, dad was laughing at something. I don't know what, but he was laughing. But anyways, for our predictions for Edge versus The Miz at day one, like I said, I know it's going to be such a great match and I'm so excited to go see it live. But for my prediction on the winner, I'm just going to go with Edge because I just feel like you can't go against Edge. And I just really feel like, especially after the Hell in a Cell match at Crown Jewel, I feel like he's just got to win this match. So I'm very excited to see both of these men battle it out. But for my prediction on the winner, especially considering what went down with Maurice, you know, The Miz has got to be in a not-so-great state. So for the winner of this match, I'm going to predict Edge will win this match. All right, that'll do it for this episode of What's Up WWE Universe. Again, make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Tell everyone you know so that we can keep our audience growing and spreading. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check out our Facebook page at What's Up WWE Universe Pod. And if you're listening on Spotify, drop a vote and let me know which out of the top five most listened to episodes of this podcast has been your favorite. And again, I just want to thank y'all so much for all of your support that you've given me this year. You know, I just started this out and it's been a crazy ride. Um, But yeah, just thank you all for listening and supporting this podcast. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday. All right, I'm Chloe, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!